Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands to the heavens. Do you have a desire this morning? Do you, are you trusting God for something? It's your month of miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, touch that atmosphere of the Spirit. Touch that atmosphere of the Spirit. We thank Him for the cross indeed. Praise God. Once again, you are welcome to your month of miracles, signs, and wonders. We want to thank God for the first service where we took a life of miracles, signs, and wonders, part one. Because God is calling you and I to a life of miracles, signs, and wonders. Many people do not still understand that our lives is destined, is designed by God to be a lifestyle and a life of miracle. It should be a life of signs and wonders. If there's any way that they should describe you today, a New Testament believer of the 21st century, it should be MSW. That's what I was teaching them in the first service today. MSW is not PSW. MSW is miracle signs and wonders. Come on, say it loud. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. Say one more time. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. I'm a miracle going somewhere to happen. If you believe that, shout yes. That's your life. You are a miracle. You are a sign and you are a wonder. One of the challenges we have in the 21st century today is that many believers don't know who they are. I call it identity crisis. Believers don't know who they are. They don't know what manner of persons they are. These are the days you have believers that can't even share the gospel on social media because their identity will be in problems. Praise God. They have multiple identities. They don't know who they are. They don't know what manner of person they are. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning, in this part two of this series of a life of miracle signs and wonders, I want to share with you what manner of person you ought to be. Praise God. Discovery of your identity is the foundation in the supernatural lifestyle. Knowing who you are. Many people don't know who they are. They don't know what manner of persons they have become when they gave their life to Christ. Come on, say it loud one more time. I'm a miracle going somewhere to happen. I am a sign and I'm a wonder. That is who I am by the grace of God. Isaiah 8, 18 says through the prophet Isaiah, he says, I and the children the Lord hath given unto me are for signs and wonders. That is my identity. 
I'm a sign and I'm a wonder to my world. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter what people are saying. Circumstances are saying. Situations are saying. My experience is saying. The Bible says heaven and earth can pass away, but not a jot, not a word, not an iota of God's word will go unfulfilled. God's word is the final authority over my life, over your life in the realm of the spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? This is the final authority, the word of God. This word says I'm a sign. So it doesn't matter your opinion about me. I'm a sign. I say I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. Can somebody say that about yourself today, that you are a sign and that you are a wonder? If you believe that, say a good amen to yourself. Praise God. Now, the discovery of your identity, the discovery of the manner of person that you are, is the foundation for the supernatural lifestyle. A life of MSW, miracle signs and wonders, is a lifestyle of a supernatural. It's our new normal. It's the way we should live. The Bible says in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. This is our life, to be a sign and to be a wonder to our watching world. So we need to do something. We need to discover the foundation of our lives. We need to discover our identity. We need to know what manner of person that we are. In John 1.19, John the Baptist was asked, Who art thou? Who art thou? Who art thou? John 1.19, can you put it on the screen? And this is the record of John who the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? Who are you, John? Who are you, John the Baptist? They came to John and they asked him, who are you? We know that there are strange things going on about you, but who are you? In John 1.23, he gave the answer who he was. I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord. I am the one crying in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord. As prophet Isaiah said, so somebody like John the Baptist, he had discovered himself in the volume of the book. He had no identity crisis issue. He knew exactly who he was. Have you discovered yourself? Have you discovered yourself in the word of God? Because that is the foundation for the supernatural. If you don't discover yourself, you cannot be discovered. Are you listening to me today? They came to John and asked him, many things are asking you today. You just don't know. People are asking. Circumstances are asking. Situations are asking. Challenges of life are asking. Even your bank account is asking, who are you? Praise God. Who are you? Your career is asking, who are you? What manner of, your neighbors are asking, who are you? Are you listening to me today? Thank you, Jesus. I feel him this morning. John chapter 1, verse 23. I am the voice of him who is crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And the Bible records at the end of this conversation that concerning John, (laughs) of all born of woman, there is none as great as he. 
Why? Why wasn't there anyone as, great, as of that time, at that time, where was everyone born of a woman? From Adam, you mean all the great men that have been born, there is none as great as him? <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says there is none as great as him. Why? He knew who he was from the scriptures. Listen to me. When you discover yourself from the scriptures to determine your future, there is nothing that is greater than you. <laughs> Glory be to God. Let me tell you this again, and I'll say it again. He was, he was attributed at the time, at that time, that there was no one born of every woman that is as great as him. Why? Because no one had the level of clarity of who he was until John. His description, his assignment, his life was crystal clear. You are the voice in the wilderness. That was why he didn't need anywhere to, he didn't need anybody to choose where he was going to live. Was he confused about living? Where did he choose to live? The wilderness. It was clear cut. And he is the voice of him crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He was just going to prepare the way of the Lord. In fact, at the time they wanted to confuse him. They told him, are you not the Messiah? Every sign you are showing, you look like the Messiah. He said, don't confuse me. He said, don't confuse me. He said, this Messiah you are talking about. The latchet of his shoe, I'm not worthy to untie. I am crystal clear. There are some of you that say, oh, why are you not the, why are you not the music director? Look at your voice. You already say, oh, they didn't give me any chance. <laughs> See, you are confused. You are confused. Praise God. They didn't give me any chance. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I am not confused. I refuse to be confused. He knew who he was from the scriptures up until then. He was clear because his identity was the clearest. That was why they said of all men, of all who are born of women, there is none as great as him. The clarity of your identity determines the magnitude of your destiny. Please, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything you need to do in your working assignment is to take clarity of the manner of person that you are. Your identity and the discovery of it is vital to the manifestation of your destiny. I will repeat that. Your identity and the discovery of it. Many people have an identity, but they've not discovered. Your discovery of it is vital to the manifestation of it. You cannot manifest what you have not discovered. You are a sign and a wonder. Please, today, if there's anything that is going to be added to your discovery of who you are, is that you are a sign and you are a... You are a sign and you are a... Oh, come on, say it like a minute. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. What is a sign? A sign is informed. A sign distributes information. Hello? 
When you are moving into a city, you will see a sign that you are in a city. City of St. Catherine's, 340, no, 130, you say 32, 34. 134,000 people live in this city. Praise God. Did I say 300 and, okay, I was looking in the future. <laughs> All right, praise God. Praise God. A sign, when you get to a street, you look for a sign. It says, this street is Chloe Street. This street is Church Street. When people are lost, they look for a sign. May God make you a sign to this generation. Oh, I did not hear your amen. Signs point people to the direction of where they ought to go. Your life will be a light to your world. Because when people are in darkness, all they need is light. That is what a sign does. A sign collects light and reflects light. Information. God will make you a sign. When people are not God conscious, when they see you, something will tell them God is here. In the name of Jesus Christ. You're a sign. You're a sign. You will point people. When people look at your life, they will know what steps to take to realize their positions in God. When they look at you, they will know what steps to take to realize their position in God. Where have I been all this while? Your life will speak volumes to men. Will speak volumes to people. Hallelujah. It will become an epistle to be read of men. Oh, lift up your right hand to heaven and say, Lord, make me a sign. Don't just be an ordinary person in this life. You're a sign and a wonder. That's your identity. I'm telling you that you are born to be a sign. He said, I and the children the Lord has given unto me are for signs and wonders. You will daze your world. That's what it means to be a wonder. You will daze your world. People can't figure you out. People will try to figure you out. They can't figure you out because they haven't learned how to figure God out yet. Praise God. Come on, say it one more time. I'm a son. Say it like you mean it. I'm a wonder. You ain't seen nothing yet. Tell your neighbor, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm a sign. I'm a wonder. Glory be to God. Even Jesus in Luke chapter 4 from verses 17 to 21, I'm rushing my notes now, he found the place where it is written concerning him. He began to declare. Luke 4, 21, put it on the screen for the people of God. Luke 4, 21. He says, and he began to say unto them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. This day, he began to say unto them, when did he begin to say unto them? When he had discovered what was written concerning him. You don't have a voice until you discover. You don't have a voice. Discover. He found the place where it is written concerning him. The spirit of God is upon me. From verse 17, he started saying that. He has anointed me to preach glad tidings to the to the, to the people who are bound. There was delivered unto him and said, go to verse 18. Verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What was Jesus doing? Preaching the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. What was he doing? Healing the brokenhearted. To preach the deliverance to the captives. Did you see him cast out devils in the days of his flesh? Yes. Because it's written concerning him. And the recovering of sight to the blind. Did he heal blind people? Yeah. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Go on, verse 19. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he went on to say, he began to say from that moment. He couldn't say before. But when he discovered it, as it was written. Excuse me, where was Jesus Christ quoting? Isaiah, he was quoting the Bible. It was written concerning him. Until you discover you don't have a voice. Jesus did not do anything until he pronounced, until he gave a voice to his destiny at that point in time. I see you give voice to your destiny. I see you give voice to your tomorrow. He began to say, oh, you will have a voice. You will say, you will speak in the name of Jesus. The discovery of your identity is the beginning of the manifestation of your destiny. As you discover it, that this is what is written concerning me, your destiny begins to manifest. I see you discover in this season, in the name of Jesus. Jesus discovered, John the Baptist discovered, you must also discover your identity from God's word. God's word is the pointer. God's word is the pointer. God's word points to your identity. Praise God. Where will I find my identity? In God's word. In God's word. Can I hear an amen from you? Psalm 40, verse 7. Psalm 40, verse 7. Jesus said, I have come to fulfill that which is written of me in the volume of the book. Then said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O God. O my God, yea, the law is written within my heart. Praise God. To do thy will, O God. To do thy will, O God. I delight to do thy will, O my God. I see a hunger and a desire that will make you do his will in the name of Jesus Christ. Until we enter into scripture, we cannot see our true picture. Until we enter into the scripture, we cannot see our true picture for the future. James 1.25, he makes us to understand that the word of God is like a mirror. I need to look into it. In Sunday school this morning, they were talking a lot about meditating on the world. One of your assignments is to discover who you are in the scripture. This Bible is not useful for you if you don't discover yourself in it. You must find out what is written concerning you. That is what Royal House is all about. It's all about your destiny coming alive. 
It's all about you fulfilling destiny. There's too much talking somewhere in this building, please. Amen. Praise God. You got to discover. You got to discover. You got to discover. The Bible says it's like a mirror. James 1.25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Praise God. He shall be blessed when you keep on looking into it. It's the true mirror of God's word. Praise God. The more we discover, the more we get perfected. The more we discover, the more we get perfected. Praise God. And I see God perfect all that concerns you in Jesus' name. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all, with an open face, beholding in a glass, in the mirror, the image of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory unto glory. God bless you in Jesus' name. Now, I told you the first thing on this journey is to discover your identity. But I want to answer a question I started in the morning. Why have we not seen miracles, signs, and wonders to the degree we ought to see them? We say we are signs. We say we are wonders. Why are we not seeing the miracle signs and wonders the way we ought to see them in our time? Why are we not seeing the manifestation of it? We answered one of it. Number one, identity crisis. Discover yourself. Stop moving around with a fake ID. You're a child of God. And be one. Praise God. Don't go around with a fake ID. That's criminal. Praise God. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You've been rubber stamped, authentic. You gave your life to Christ. Now live like a child of God. Don't live a life that is contrary to what you say you are. Like I told you, it's criminal. Praise God. Amen? Oh, oh, Okay. Because some of you are not agreeing with me, or you are saying that I'm too harsh on that, why should I use the word criminal? Okay, young ladies, talk to me. You've known a guy for two years. You know him as Fred, but his legal name is Frank. <laughs> Praise God. And you know what? You've taken him home to your parents. And your parents know him as Fred, not Frank. And you are about to go and get married to this person. Spend the rest of your life with that person. Then you find out that it's a fake idea. How would you feel? Oh, come on, ladies. You're going to love him to beats. That's not good. That's how we make God feel. That feeling you're just saying now, that's how we make God feel. Saying you're a child of God and you're living a life that is not anything like a child of God. Praise God. And those of you who are children of God, you are not manifesting. The Bible says in Romans 8, 
17, read it when you get home, 17 to 23. It says the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The heels of God, they are waiting for us to show up. To show up. So back to the answer I wanted to give. Why are we not seeing miracle signs and wonders the way we ought to see it? Because the Bible says in John 14, 12, that greater works than this, the life of Jesus can be described, can be summarized as MSW. Is, uh, the life is a life of what? Miracles, come on. Signs and that's the, that's the life of Jesus. And the Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. If his life is miracle signs and wonders, how should our own lives be? Miracle signs and wonders. Every day of our lives, we should live it in miracles. It should become our new normal. When we haven't seen a miracle a day, we should be worried. Come on, what's going on here? Because that's the life we have chosen. It's a life of miracles. A life of signs and wonders. Check out your, check out your children. They are full of miracles. Check out your, your, your place of work. Miraculous. Check out your bank account. <laughs> miracles, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Check out every area of your life. Miracles. When they check you out, you should be a wonder to your world. How are you doing it? Come on, tell somebody I'm ready for this. I want to set it a notch higher. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I started in the first service giving five reasons why. Five reasons why. Uh, we are not seeing miracle signs and wonders to the degree we ought to see them. Why are we not seeing it in our lives? And let me tell you, it's up to you because some people have made up their minds to live in this life of MSW. Now, if you think people are not living it, you must be joking. I told them in the first service, I remember about four years ago when I traveled almost three hours. I drove three hours to go and see a man. He came from Mexico. I've read about him, heard about him. Up to date, he has raised 500 people, documented from the dead. He raised 500 people from the dead. Myself and my good friend Jiva, we both drove to go and see him. He said, this is a man. We don't know when he will never, ever come back to Canada. Let's just go see him. And I saw him. I said, really? I spoke to him. He raised 500 people. He said, documented. I said, pray for me. Praise God. When you meet people like that, you submit yourself for prayers. Amen? He even told me a story. He said, he said his son, he said he died once. He said he has died about two times now. He said, thank God, I taught my children how to raise people from the dead. They raised me from the dead. They raised me from the dead. Praise God. So his children too, they have known how to raise people from the dead. Jesus Christ himself raised three people from the dead. A man raised 500. So greater works than this shall you do. Has that man fulfilled that scripture? Oh, yeah. So I want to ask you, have you fulfilled that scripture? Greater works. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor there's work to do. 
I'm not playing with my Christianity anymore. No, no, I got, I got to do some work. I don't want to get to heaven. And you see people like Paul give their testimony. I'm talking of Apostle Paul. He gives their testimony, how great and how wonderful. You see Paul and Stephen arguing. Oh, he, didn't, he wouldn't have paid me. But that last tone, you true. It was that last tone. Ah, he paid me. He paid me at the back. You know, they're just having conversations. Daniel will tell you about how he did not bow, how, how Nebuchadnezzar threatened him. And you, want to tell, you want to ask them, how did you feel in that fairy furnace? That even the people who came to open the door, the heat from the door, they were not in the fire. The heat killed them. How much more the fire? So how did you guys do? Oh, they were just, we were just having fellowship with Jesus. I didn't know Jesus before. You know him as Jesus. We, know him, we knew him as the son of God. We were just, he was opening the heavens to us inside fire. Yeah, he was just sharing mysteries with us. I said, really? Then conversations are going on like that. Then you will show up. What about you, sir? What about you, ma? Ah, me, I fought with my landlord. I fought with my landlord. I fought him to the ground. So that's your own testimony. Really? Really? But I thought you attended Royal House, that service-oriented church. They say it every time. Every service, in fact, they'll just show the video in heaven for you. They'll show RNN. They say it every service, that it's a service-oriented church. So why didn't you serve God during that time? Uh, well, you see, you see, you see, we have seen everything. What are you seeing? Praise God. Hallelujah. May you have testimonies. May your life never be void of testimonies. Are you ready for exploits? I said, are you ready for exploits? In the first service I shared with them, I'm not going over it. We have not been, we have not been challenging ourselves to do more. That's the first reason. We have not been challenging ourselves to do more. Secondly, number two, we need to challenge. We need, oh, sorry. Number two is lack of strong appetite for the things of God. The children of God are losing their appetite for the things of God. We don't have a strong appetite for spiritual things anymore. That's why we are not seeing miracles the way we ought to see them. Signs and wonders, we are not seeing them the way we ought to see them. Praise God. Number three. Okay, I was clearing my throat. Number three. Lack of fasting and prayer. Lack of what? Lack of what? Oh, I can't hear you. Lack of what? We don't, we, we won't see the miracles we ought to see. We won't see the wonders we ought to see if you do not have control over your belly. Praise God. Belly for food, food for belly. What will happen to both of them? Both will perish. That's in 1 Corinthians 6. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 6.13. Lack of fasting and prayer. Many don't give themselves to fasting and prayer. Look, don't wait for your church to call for fasting and prayer. Thank God for this church. We call for it regularly. Regularly. 
Even some people think we are pushing the line, but regularly. Praise God. Amen? Don't wait for the church to call it. In Bible days, in the beginning, in the Bible days, in the days the Pentecost first broke out, an average Christian fasts three days a week. How many days a week? And it's real fast. Not the one with tea in between. Not the one with fluids. You take, I'm taking fluids. Oh. Dawn to dawn. No water, no food. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Total abstinence. What is fasting? Fasting is abstinence from food for a period of time for spiritual purposes. That's fasting. And as a child of God, you should fast regularly. Why? Is it pastor's idea? No. Give the people of God Matthew 17, 21. You must fast. You want to see the supernatural? You must fast. Fast is not optional. Fasting is not optional. It's a must. You want to see the supernatural in your day? You fast. Abstain from food. It's a spiritual discipline. It's allowing the flesh to shut up, the soul to be quiet, and your spirit to gain supremacy. That's what you do by fasting. It's God's appointed way of humbling yourself before God and allowing God to do his own thing. You do it from time to time. Three days, seven days, 21 days, 40 days. Declare fast over your life. Amen. This is Jesus Christ. After the, demo, the disciples were struggling with some demons, Jesus said, how be it? This kind goeth not out but by Prayer and, it's not just prayer. Prayer coupled, anchored with fasting. When you fast and you don't pray, that's a prayer strike. No, sorry, hunger strike. Amen? So you must fast. In the New Testament, we are not given an option. It's a spiritual discipline, spiritual exercise we must commit to. In the 21st century, love feast has taken over prayer and fasting. Call for prayer and fasting, few people show up. Call for love feast, everybody shows up. Even the passerby on the streets will show up. Say, what happened? We had an aroma coming from your building. And we said to ourselves, God must be there. Praise God. Amen? Okay, let's read another scripture there. Oh, her time is fast spent. Mark 9, 28 to 29. Mark 9, 28 to 29. This should be a regular lifestyle. It's known in this ministry, in this church, all over the world, in the redeemed Christian church of God. Every walker is to fast to church on Sunday morning. No food. Praise God. No coffee, no tea. You come to church dry. Praise God. Amen. Except you're on medication. And I know these days everybody is holding a medication jar. Some people say, some people even tell you, mine is on Sunday. <laughs> so that you'd never tell them to fast on Sunday. You say, what? Well, my doctor said two times on Sundays. 
Praise God. May God help us. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? Why couldn't we get rid of this devil? Why? Because just before this time, we went out, you sent us, we saw the devil fall like lightning. How couldn't we cast this one out? Verse 29, Jesus answered them. He said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing. Did you see that? There's no way it can ever get out. Except by prayer and prayer and there's no way it can come out. There's no way it can go out except by prayer and fasting. There are some levels of devils you will deal with. There are some levels of principalities out there. You cannot overcome them except by prayer and fasting. Praise God. There are some sicknesses, some diseases. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That health challenge you have, have you fasted on it? Or you, you haven't come to the conclusion that it's the spirit of infirmity. This sickness is not ordinary. There's a demon behind it. And I'm getting rid, rid of this demon. But it won't leave. Except by what? Pray and fast. Praise God. If you can't fast, that's why you need friends who can pray and fast. Don't let all your friends be the hippie. Hippie. You're just going hippie. All your friends. All they know is parties. Where it's happening. That's all they know. They never know what's happening upstairs, only downstairs. That's the kind of people you're working with. You're not ready for a lifestyle of signs and wonders. Your circle of friends matter. People you hang out with. Praise God. Uh oh. People are not liking Pastor's message anymore. They're, Ouch. Mm mm. He's always talking about my friends. He's always talking about my friends. I pray, simple prayer for you. May God reveal your two true friends to you. <laughs> Amen. You know, the guy up here is more friendly than those friends you are protecting. Praise God. Hallelujah. Fasting is simply abstinence. And God will help you in Jesus' name. What, uh, what will make us see the power of God the way we want to see it is in this school of fasting. What fasting does, it brings something into your life. It's called power. Everybody say power. power. The power. You see, there are, there are many kinds of Christians. There are powerless Christians. There are Christians who have no power. Zero. Their Christianity can convert a fly. He can't do nothing. They are not generating any power because they are prayerless. A prayerless Christian, we've learned a long time ago, is a powerless Christian. You carry no power. You can't say anything should go in Jesus' name and it obeys you because it's not just that name. It's the, it's the aura behind that name. It's the personality. It's the person behind that name that makes the name powerful. Do you understand? The power behind the power calling the name. The name is powerful, no doubt. But if that power behind that name is not connecting to the power in your life, then there is nothing being displayed. 
Why? You know mathematics. Anything times zero is what? Zero. So here comes the power of God. It's loaded in that name. Then you mention your voice. You say, in Jesus' name. So zero times one million megawatts is what? Zero. Nothing to offer. The sons of Skepha, that's what happened to them. They too saw Paul use the name. They wanted to use the name too. They say it's good. And they got there. In the name of Jesus. He said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Identity. Praise God. God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the school of power, there is a price of the flesh. The price of the flesh is paid in fasting. Abstinence from food. Praise God. There's a price for the soul. The soul is in prayer. He talks about the flesh longing and the soul thirsting to see your power and your glory. Psalm 63 verses 1 to 3. So that the spirit of God can have its way. Praise God. Well, I still have two more, but our time is fast spent. I told you I would disappoint my critics today. Praise God. Uh, we give God the glory and praise. We will continue as the Lord leads us. Have you been blessed today? Praise God. I know that you will see the power of God like never before. It is time to begin to press in. Don't forget, the reason why we are not seeing it is simply because we don't challenge ourselves enough. Let's challenge ourselves to go after God's power. Praise God. Have friends. Even if you don't have friends who can pray right now. Have you ever prayed one hour nonstop in your life? Let's challenge ourselves. If I do it alone, I might give up. But let the two of us do it. Let's put a clock. Let's pray. Let's pray. The more we pray, the more the power of God we have. And I tell you, the power of God can do incredible things when we pray. Can do incredible things when we pray. Do you remember when this man called Herod, when he took Stephen? What did he do to Stephen? No, not Stephen. James. What did he do to James? He killed James. He, killed, uh, he took Peter again. He saw the people were happy. And he said, okay, after Easter, he was going to kill Peter, right? And while he was preparing to kill them, what happened? The Bible says the church started doing something. What did the church do? They prayed how? They prayed without season. They prayed without... Oh, let me hear your voice. They prayed without... Oh, they prayed without season. And what happened? Even the guy they were praying for, what was he doing? What was Peter doing? God bless you. Peter was sleeping. Peter was sleeping, but the church prayed Caesar. Acts, Acts 12.5, quickly put it on the screen. Let me close with that. Acts 12.5. The, the church prayed ceaselessly. An impossible situation happened. Now, look at the screen. What did he say? Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made, how? Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I'm trying to tell you that even if somebody is not praying, once the church is praying, 
don't underestimate. That's why the devil will do everything. Listen to me. Everything to make sure you don't come for prayer meeting. Everything. Give you the excuses in the world. If you overcome that excuse, he will give you another one. While you are thinking on that one, he has prepared two or four more ready for you. Because the more you pray, the more you damage his kingdom. The more he can do what he wants to do. So he's going to do everything, trust me, everything to stop you from praying. That's why I'm going to let you know I'm launching a new uh, prayer time in this church. It's going to be 5.45 every morning. Just one day a week, you will pray with me. In the month of November, I'm going to bring it out. Now, begin to speak to your bed from now. That bed, one day of the week, I will wake up 5 a.m., whether you like it or not. Okay? It's for your own good. The devil hates it when you pray. The devil doesn't want you to pray. The devil will do everything to stop you from praying. Praise God. There are people in this church right now, leaders. Wednesday prayer meeting, God help us with their names being ticked. Praise God. You must pray. And excuse me, when does the church need to pray? Like never before. Now. Your world needs you. Are you happy with the statistics you see? How many people have died in Ontario? Ah, no, in Canada now. Since the pandemic. Huh? Over 9,000? Is that good news? It's not good. Our world needs us. Do you know how many people are going to hell every day? Because we are not praying the way we ought to? Praise God. So church, I'm telling you, wake up. Not for yourself alone. Our world needs us. And the only weapon we have is prayers. Rise up on your feet like a champion. Praise God. Until when the church prayed, then they saw the supernatural hand of God. How did Peter get out of prison? Earthquake. The gates opened. After the gates opened, what happened again? What happened to the chain in his hands? It fell off. Supernatural. 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 Why are we not seeing it? What, what did the church do before they saw that? Prayed what? You want to see revival? Oh, these are the times of prayers. These are the times... You will wake up in the middle of the night. You don't even know why you woke up. But it's time to pray. Lift up your right hand to heaven. Say, Father, use me for your glory. Make me a miracle. Make me a sign and a wonder. Come on, open your voice and pray. Rombo satanabadishete. Oh, come on, church. You can lift up your voice. Talk to your God. I cannot afford to be a life not used of you. Lord, in this season, I'm saying, use me for your glory. Let your power come on my life. Let your presence envelope me. Use me for your glory. I say bye-bye to the world of excuse. I say no more excuses in my life. I'm saying, Lord, use me for your glory. In the name of Jesus, set me aside for your use, O God. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we are praying. I want you to pray for one soul out there that you are believing God will use you to reach this week. The Lord put the burden of somebody in my heart that I can pray for and I can reach out to, to bring them to the knowledge of Jesus. Shall we lift up our voice and pray right now? Thank you, Father, for that soul you are leading me to this week. That soul that you are leading me to, to preach to, to pray for. That soul that needs you like never before. I say, here am I. I'm available, Lord. Use me to touch somebody's life. This week, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Come on, let's put our winning hands together for Jesus. Glory be to God. Once again, happy Thanksgiving. Have a fantastic weekend. And make sure uh, you obey all the regulations. Don't throw anything wild. Amen? And the Lord will bless you mightily in Jesus. Have you been blessed this morning? Has God spoken the word of God to you? Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.